The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, Buffalo Bills are 6-2. and two. Not how we thought we were going to be doing this podcast. Probably not how you thought you'd be listening to. It's always game day in Buffalo, but here we are. Matt Bovey from Channel 7, Sal Capaccio, Bill's sideline reporter. He's just back from New York. I stayed in Buffalo this weekend. We had somebody else go from Channel 7. I don't think I missed too much, Sal. I missed a stinker of a game from the Bills. That's what I missed. For sure. You also missed maybe... um arguably Josh Allen's worst performance, or at least in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not the way we thought it would go today. Uh, I think that, you know, as much as, you know, we knew that the Jets have a pretty good defense and can do some things. Uh, this should not have been the kind of game that went the way it did. The Bills made far too many mistakes, and now they do sit at 6-2 and two because of those mistakes, and the Jets are right on their heels at 6-3 and three and have a game up in the division, and the Dolphins do too. The Bills are now 0-2 in the division. Who would have thought? No, it's weird because you look at it like in this picture of the beginning of the season, they're eight games into the season week nine. I don't think anybody would have thought that the two games that they lost in their first eight would have been the Dolphins and the Jets, but their win streaks against both of those opponents now come to an end. They lost to Miami earlier in the year. Obviously they had beaten the Jets four straight times. It was just a weird game. It was a game that they didn't play well, especially offensively. We'll get to the defensive side a little bit too, but way too many mistakes. And it just looks like they were out of sync the entire day. Honestly, after that first play, when they took the deep shot to Stefan Diggs, after that, everything felt forced. It didn't feel like they knew what they were trying to do. It didn't feel like they could move the ball with the ease that they normally do. Everything just seems like it was a little bit more difficult. I don't exactly know who's to blame. I just know that there's a lot of people who didn't do a good enough job. And the top of that list is Josh Allen. We're not saying that Josh Allen isn't a great quarterback. I still think that Josh Allen is the best or the second best quarterback in the NFL. He had a bad day. Those happen, but it's also been a bad day and a half. I don't think that this is something that should be overly concerning because we saw something similar last year. But if Josh Allen even plays 
a B game today, the Bills win. Heck, yeah, he might if he play, plays a C game, they might win. Yeah, he 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 didn't play even up to C. It was below that for sure. And he was very frustrated with himself after the game. He said it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like crap, and he didn't say crap. Um, he took accountability, which we all expect him to do. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing on either of those interceptions, what he was looking at. I, I think he actually did not literally see um the first interception. I can't remember who had it. I don't I don't think he saw him. I think he thought that Dawson was going to be right there and there was a defensive end in front of him. So he just didn't see him. And I guess it can happen, but you know, that's kind of very rare. And then when sauce Gardner made his pick was kind of the same thing. Josh kind of just threw it right to him. He didn't see him. Um, and then the pass protection issues were pretty evident in this game. The, the jets did not blitz very much, Matt, and they got a lot of pressure that was concerning and it forced Josh into making some quicker throws and maybe making some poor decisions. Um, so yeah, things didn't go very well. And then inconsistent play from wide receivers, including Gabe Davis. And this is a second week in a row for that too. And, um, it's been more than that. I mean, uh, Gabe Davis just has not, um, been super consistent this year and they, they weren't able to get anything going outside of Stefan Diggs in the first half. Stefan Diggs had five catches for 93 yards. You know what his game line was at the end? Five catches, yeah, five for, 93 catches for 93 yards. Yeah. Wasn't even targeted in the second half other than the one play that didn't count at the end. Yeah. I think that it is concerning that Gabe Davis hasn't been able to take the step that we all thought he was going to make myself included. I'm at the top of that list. I have told so many people that I think Gabe Davis is an awesome athlete. He's going to be a really good wide receiver in the NFL. And I still believe that, but he has not been able to handle the workload of a number two wide receiver. That's not to say that he won't at some point this season, or he won't at some point down the line, but there's been more to be desired. I mean, I went back and I watched that replay five or six times should have caught it. He probably should have made the catch and he is getting pulled there, There's no way that's ever getting called in that situation on a fourth and 21 at the end of the game. They are not throwing a flag for defensive pass interference, even though it probably was my bigger concern is that he put Josh Allen through that ball, 69 yards in the air, right into his bread basket. And he didn't make the catch. And I think that that's one he probably makes. Same thing with Isaiah McKenzie. Where has Isaiah McKenzie been? Where has Dawson Knox been? I don't know if this is a Josh Allen thing. Maybe it's a Ken Dorsey thing. But this has been a trend. Besides Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, the rest of these weapons on offense have just been what feels like way underutilized. And that's a concern. They're 6-2. and two. We have to remember, they're still in a really good place. But this is all big picture stuff. If they're going to win the big games, if they're going to make a run, if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, if they're going to do all these things that people want them to do, these are some things that could be concerns and kind of be hiccups along the way. Yeah, I, I, you bring up a lot of great points here. I think you know the other part is the offensive line, just not very good protection today, and that kind of broke down. So that's all has to be you know part and parcel with each other uh, to go along, but. Matt, I mean, it wasn't just the offense, obviously, right? It was the defense as well. So, you know, we should talk about that. But, you know, we want to stay in there. Maybe we can do the defense a little bit in the next segment if we want, but maybe kind of compartmentalize a little of a bit of what happened. It started to me on the first drive of the game. The Bills got a gift, Matt. They got a gift on the first mm -hmm. kickoff. Um, the Braden Mann, the kicker, the specialist for the Jets, slips, squibs the kick. The Bills get yeah. great field position. And then they have the great throw downfield to Stefan Diggs. And then the next play, Josh throws the interception. That's where it started. The Bills did not capitalize on the very first play uh, drive of the game when they had great opportunity. And from there, whenever that happens, I'm always thinking to myself, geez, I hope it's not going to be one of those games. And of course it was one of those games, but they didn't capitalize on that. And then they didn't capitalize on a Tyler Bass field goal that he missed later in the game. 
And obviously we just talked about the end of the game and way that went as well. So there were a few times where they just, as you said, out of sync, I think the little details that they normally do and normally get right, they just didn't have button up and didn't have right. And you know, that, that cost them obviously in this one only to get to 17 points against the New York jets. I think what's the most concerning thing to me about all of this, and I don't think the sky is falling or anything like that, but these four interceptions that Josh has thrown in the last six quarters of football have been bad interceptions. These are not like hit a receiver's hand, bounce up in the air, interception, oh, whatever. These are like, where is he looking? What is he doing? And some people will say, oh, that's 2018 Josh Allen. That's 2019 Josh Allen. No, 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 no. These are worse than some of the stuff we saw in 2018, 2019. I don't know if it's miscommunication. I don't know if it's just poor decision-making last week. I think I said on the podcast, I chalked that up to them being overly aggressive and trying to attack Jair Alexander. And it ultimately came up and it bit them in the butt this week. I I don't know what it was. The sauce Gardner one, not a clue. He's there's three defenders and Gabe Davis. Who's making a cut towards the sideline. Doesn't seem like that was the right play at all. And the first one was like, what is he looking at? And I don't know the answer. So I don't know. I don't, I can't tell you, oh, he thought Dawson Knox was going to stop and kind of come back to the ball or whatever. That's not a throw that we've seen Josh Allen make. So he does have a way of self-correcting. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that this is going to be something that turns into a trend. This is also not an outlier. He did this last year a little bit. He had a couple games in a row where the turnovers started to pile up and then he still went scorched earth at the end of the season. So maybe it's just happening a little bit earlier. Maybe we're not giving the jets defense enough credit. I think it's probably a combination of both, but yeah, the, the turnovers, the lack of chemistry and cohesion on the offense, it's something, I mean, six quarters of football, they scored 20 points like that. That's not good enough. Yeah, this was uh, an uncharacteristic Bills game, blowing a 14-3 lead. Chris Brown and I were thinking, I think the only time that we can remember they recently they blew a 10-point lead was against the Steelers on opening um, weekend last year. That was it. That was the last time that happened. It didn't just end and start and end with the offense. Of course, the defense had plenty of to go around some, I guess, you know, issues, if you will, in this game and reasons why the Bills were unable to win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, I mean, the Jets, not a very prolific offense, but I thought they had a very, very good game plan, and they did exactly what the Packers did last week. They ran the ball really well. By the way, Packers head coach and the Jets offensive coordinator are brothers. You think they weren't talking a little bit about what to do, the the LaFleurs? Um, And on top of that, 
Um, they did a great job getting the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands. They didn't allow him to sit back there and be a sitting duck and, you know, rush him. And we talked about getting pressure on him. We talked about how poor he is at making decisions when he has pressure in this game. There wasn't a lot of pressure because they made sure of it by getting the rid of the ball quickly. And I thought the bills didn't do a good enough job of recognizing that or getting to where they needed to, um, and maybe having a good enough technique on the outside to go with those RPOs and quick, uh, strike passing game. Yeah, I think it was a good game plan from the Jets, but I also don't think that if you're trying to find, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, but I think that most people always want to try and find a side to blame and they go, oh, it was the offense or, oh, it was the defense. And I think both sides deserve a little bit of, well, I think both sides deserve some amount of blame for this. Oh yeah. I point more of it to the offense though. And I know that the Jets don't have a prolific defense, but at the end of the day, without Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, if you want to throw him in there, and then Greg Rousseau for a chunk of the second half, they still held the Jets to 20 points. I think most Bills fans, if they said going into this game, the Jets are going to score 20 points, you would say, okay, the Bills are going to win 30 to 20 or something like that. So I think the run defense is something that's a bit concerning. That being said, I'm not overly concerned with the defense, especially knowing they're getting those pieces back at some point. I'm still more concerned with the offense. That's just my opinion, though. I'm just as concerned about the defense in the run game. They've given up. Uh, let me just go back. I, I I did the math a little bit earlier tonight. We're recording, by the way, on Sunday night. On the team plane, I was doing math. Never want to do that when you're flying. It's just I was already yeah. a long day. They've given up uh, 382 rushing yards over their last two games. Oof. They gave up 5.2 yards a carry, 112 yards um, against the against the um, uh, Jets on Sunday. Uh, to me, that is very concerning. I am concerned about that. I think it's a trend. I think other teams are going to try and do it. Sean McDermott sounded very concerned after the game about it, by the way, I'm upset at least. Maybe not concerned. He was very upset about it after the game. Um, this is what teams are going to do against the Bills. They're going to try and run the ball. Now, I will say, without Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer, I think that obviously matters a lot. I thought DeMar Hamlin actually played pretty well against the run. But Matt Milano, to me, Matt, they really miss him today. And yeah, this no is no, this is no snide on Terrell Bernard, but he's a rookie and Matt Milano's playing an all pro level and he would have really helped. Yeah, for sure. I think he's maybe their most impactful guy besides Von Miller right now. He has been a freak. It's him and Jordan Poyer. And both of those guys weren't on the field. Same thing can be said about Jordan Poyer. There were a couple plays that were runs to the outside, whether it was Carter or Robinson and Jaquan Johnson was pursuing and either he over pursued or he didn't make the tackle. And I'm thinking to myself, these 15 yard gains that the jets are getting, those are two yard gains. Those are maybe even a couple yard losses, probably with Jordan Poyer out on the field. The thing that is concerning to me is that the run defense has really struggled. And then the next two weeks, when you're trying to snap out of this, you get Delvin cook, and then you get Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. So that's concerning because those teams are going to try and come in here and say, okay, you're at home. We're going to try and keep the ball out of your offense's hands. We're going to try and just chew as much clock as possible. And those are running backs who can carry those crazy workloads. So I don't think it's going to be something that is a massive problem at the end of the year, but I think it's something they need to work through right now. Yeah. The run defense wasn't very good, but the tackling wasn't very good either. When they had opportunities, Matt, it seemed like the tackling was not good. In fact, I will say in the locker room after the game, lots of defenders talked about their issues tackling, which was interesting to me. So that came up from the players that they felt they didn't tackle very well. And to me, it was not taking good angles, right? Getting there, just not being able to stop a guy when you had a, uh, you, you had an opportunity, got a hand on him, didn't take a great angle, but the tackling was not particularly uh, good in this game either. No. And it just felt like 
the Bills should have had some sort of remedy to try and adjust to what the Jets were doing, and they couldn't. And I right. don't know if that's something that's solely on the players. Well, it's not solely on the players. It's something that the coaching staff probably should have been able to figure out because the Jets were doing the same thing for most of the game. It was, let's try and run the ball. We're going to run these little five, six, seven yard outs with Garrett Wilson. We're going to take a few shots. They did not try and stretch the field after their first drive of the game. They took a deep shot. It was incomplete. After that, it was all the same stuff. And the bills just didn't have an answer to it. And I think they were okay with kind of letting the jets slowly work their way down the field. But still at the end of the day, I mean, I, like I said, I think the offense deserves more of the blame, but I am surprised that this defense gave up 20 points to the jets. When you consider the other teams that they've held kind of around that number, it wasn't the points that bothered me as much like 20 points. I agree with you on that. I'll give you an example here though. Tie game seven fifty three left jets got the ball at their own far, four yard line, Matt. They yes. ran the ball eight straight times and took six, 10 off the clock and covered 81 yards in 13 plays. The bills buckled at the end, gave themselves an opportunity, but that was the concerning part. Like that, that was the formula. They knew where they were going to run. They knew what they were doing. They couldn't stop it. That's why to me, it's not one blame, no blame. It's everybody has a hand in it. I think Josh Allen, I agree with you. If he plays better, they probably win this game. And you know, they're not and the jets. Can't even they have to get out of that run game late, right? Because the jets would be chasing. Um, but that was concerning. I didn't think they got enough from their interior defensive front. We we talked so much about them, but they weren't very good against the run. In fact, I looked, I think they only had a total of like five or six sacks amongst all of the players uh, up in that area. So there was a lot of blame as you say to go around in this game, no doubt. And even in the kicking game, Tyler Bass missed a field goal. That's going to happen. It was a long field goal. He also uh-huh. kicked a ball out of bounds that gave the yeah. Jets the ball at the 40 yard line. Now I understand that they didn't score in that drive, but that was the, the drive. I think Von Miller had the sack and uh, there was a fumble, but it just goes to show you that everybody seemed like they were off and didn't have their a game in this one because Tyler Bass is usually a lot more reliable and consistent. Yeah. There were just something that was, and, I, and like I said, I was watching the game on television television, but from the entire game, it just felt like something was off about the bills. And I don't exactly know what to pinpoint it down to. I tweeted that there were some similarities between the Jacksonville game last year, just kind of like the vibes. And it just didn't feel like right for some reason. And I know that that's a lot different of a case. And the Jags last year were a much worse team than the jets are. I'm going to try and be a little glass half full here, which is tough because I'm almost just negative by nature, but we look at the two. No, you're not, by the way, that is, you're not at all. I'm not, not, I'm not like overly negative. I just kind of always assume that things are, you know what I mean? I'm like very, I'm waiting for the, yeah, you're always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop maybe sometimes. Yeah. yeah, Kind of always. I mean, they've lost two games. They're still six and two and the two games that they've lost, they probably could have won against teams that are pretty good. Oh yeah. That's the thing. These teams are six and three. I think the the AFC East is the best division in football right now. So these teams are beating up on each other. It's not going to be a cakewalk from here on out. I think the bills are going to write the ship a little bit here, but yeah, I mean, I do think it says something that you can have six really bad quarters of football and still beat the Packers and then still probably should beat the jets. Uh, I'm not, I'm not like giving excuses or anything like that. They needed to win this game. They should have won this game. They're going to regret not winning this game potentially down the road, but maybe the jets are pretty good. 
Maybe we'll see. I mean, they do. By the way, that was the other thing some players said. Well, we'll see them again in a few weeks. They'll see Miami. They'll see them. But now you have two division games on the road that you've lost. And that's just putting them behind the eight ball. Let's talk about where this puts the bills in the big picture in the AFC. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So as we're recording the podcast, we've got the Titans-Chiefs game on in the background. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I don't know what's going to happen. I just assume that the Chiefs are going to win. Regardless of what happens in this game, the Bills will still be in first place in the AFC. Are you watching the game as you talk to me? Because I'm watching it. So I was, and then I walked into a different room, so it would try and be a little bit more quiet. I know it's 9-7 right now, but it looks like the Titans are about to score again. They're at the, Derek Henry ripped off like a 60-yard run and got down, and then now they're at the one-yard line again. So as we're talking, everybody's going to know what happened after this. It's just kind of funny. We're doing this in real time, so we know. I'm keeping an eye on it as we talk here because of what you said. It's a very important game in the AFC. It is, but for the Bills' sake, obviously we've talked a lot about kind of the division and what happens next. Like I said, no matter what, the Titans or the Chiefs, whoever wins, will elevate themselves to 6-2. and two. The Bills right. will have the tiebreaker because they have wins against both of those teams. And, excuse me, they've got a win against the fourth-place team in the conference, which is Baltimore. So they've beaten all of those teams at the top of the conference. They just can't beat anybody in their division right now. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the Bills, though... It was all about home field advantage, getting that first round by. You lose the wiggle room now because, like, yep. you know what I mean? Chances are you're not going to run the Because table. it doesn't matter who wins this game. You're only a half game up. Uh-huh. Uh, well, six, yeah, you're only a half game up because you're all both going to be six and two and you have the tiebreaker edge. As we watch it, without knowing, are you with me that you'd say you'd still rather see Tennessee win, though? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think so. I For think those purposes, I mean. Uh, from yeah. the Bills' purpose, I think almost anything is a win if you don't have to go to Arrowhead this year. Yeah. I know I know that you want everything going through you, but I think if you talk to most Bills fans right now and you were like, all right, you're on the road in the AFC Championship against insert team name here, if that team isn't the Kansas City Chiefs, I think most people are signing up for that. Do you agree? 100%. And I think that just knowing Kansas City, I think that if they if they creep to you, you only have to lose one game where they win one more. They overtake you. I think Bills fans would feel 
very nervous about that. Whereas Tennessee, you think at some point they're going to lose another game right now. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. They did get it to the, to the wire. They got to the finish line. Um, but without, and I could look up their schedules. We talk, but without knowing yeah. that, I think it would still feel like yeah. Tennessee is going to drop something somewhere along the way. Whereas Kansas city may not, if they win this, like they could run the table. Like you just feel like that with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? A hundred percent. So actually, as we were doing this, the Titans just took the lead. It's 14 yep. to nine. I have the chiefs remaining schedule in front of me. Yep. So let's go over home against the Jags. Probably a win at the chargers home. Home against the Rams, at the Bengals, at the Broncos, at the Texans, home against the Seahawks, home against the Broncos, home against the Raiders. So if you're looking at those games, yeah, that's tough. That's I mean, I mean, that's tough to think about a lot of losses there. I will say this though. Yeah. We know the Chargers play them tough. Always. And it's in LA. Not that I think that matters because we know the Raiders played them tough, although the Raiders aren't that good. And Denver's offense is horrible, but at least they have a good enough defense to maybe slow them down. And you never know when you play a game like that. So here's the Titans. I'm going to hop around a little bit, but yep. they, so after the chiefs, they've got home against the Broncos. That's a win at the Packers. That's going to be a win, but then it's home against the Bengals at the Eagles home against the Jags at the chargers home against the Texans, the Cowboys home against the Cowboys. And then they close out at Jacksonville. So those teams have some really tough games left on their schedule. I think actually Tennessee's schedule is a little bit harder than the chiefs one, but I think it's funny because if you looked at the Bills schedule right now, and you just look at the bills remaining schedule, it's a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. I mean, just look at these teams. The Vikings are seven and one. The Browns are a better team than they get credit for. You should probably beat the lions. You should probably beat the Patriots, but we just watched them lose to the jets. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you've got the jets again, the dolphins, the bears who gave Miami a battle today, the Bengals. So like the bills remaining schedule, what's the over under on wins you think for the bills remaining schedule? Um, well, they're going to be favorites still in every game. I think they're already like over eight point favorites at home against Minnesota, believe it or they're not. N- they're nine, nine point yeah. favorites at home against Minnesota. I mean, the over under on their remaining so schedule. They have, I, they should they, still win. Let's see how well they. What's wild is you think about this. They're they still not even halfway left. through their season. Yeah, they have, they have nine games left. Nine games left on the yeah. schedule. Would the you schedule still to me sets up well for them? Um, would you sign up games. for seven? Would you sign up for seven wins? Sign up for seven wins. I think I would. I think I would. I think that would mean because what that meant would mean is thirteen and four. Right, but what that would mean is all you would well you'd have to have one of these teams who loses tonight that we're recording this lose one more game and you're okay on them. Uh And the other team that wins lose two more games. I'll take my chances. I think, I think I would too. I think I would too. I think that that's a realistic You're not losing the division. If you get to there, if you get to, no, absolutely not. No, you're, you're playing home playoff games. If you get to 13 wins without question, what do you think should be the line for nine games left? You think like six and a half over under six, probably and a half. six and a half, because I think you have to take into account what happens at the end of the year. If they're, you know, if they have anything sealed up and you, you never know, right. You never uh-huh. know with that. Um, but I do think like, Hey, this is a big game against Minnesota coming up this Minnesota team. Now seven and one, the Bills six and two. Um, we could talk about that on the next pod uh, for sure. Uh, when we get into it a little bit, but around the league on Sunday, 
Miami, they go to Chicago. I boy, I thought I was kind of keeping an eye on that game. I don't know if you watched any of it from where you were, but uh, Justin Fields looked great. But I thought really thought maybe the Bears would do the Bills a favor and beat the Miami Dolphins. But obviously, the Dolphins wound up pulling it out in the end. Um, I'm just uh, you can't see if you're listening to this, you can't see us. But the, the Titans just sacked Mahomes to force fourth and fourteen, and now Kansas yeah. City's going to punt. I'm telling you, I mean, this is this is going to be an interesting game. I. Tennessee's wild, man. It's just with Malik Willis, right? I mean, who knows? But um, the Bears thought what they were going to do yeah. a favor for the Bills. They did. Yeah, that was a great. Uh, they played. They played great. They might be a lot better than people thought. Justin Fields looks like a cheat code. Yeah, I was going to trade him in fantasy, but I didn't. I'm glad I held on. We had 41 points for me uh, this I, week. I, I played against him in fantasy. <laughs> he had he had 51 points in my league, which was great. Awesome, really. Cool. All right. Well, but but let's um. Let's talk about the Bills' big picture and where they go from here. Um, you said, and I agree. You know, no panic, no worry necessarily, right? Um, but Matt, I mean, they, they got to get back to work. I mean, the, this is this is six quarters in a row, I'd say, where this was not the same Buffalo Bills team that we know. And you know, they 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 have to whatever is ailing them. Like it's it, it's got to get fixed pretty quickly here against two very solid teams they're playing coming up. Yeah. Yeah, we need to see the offense reemerge itself as just a dynamic passing offense where that's their bread and butter. That's their identity. They need to be okay leaning into that. I think one of the reasons you knew something was off today was because how often Josh Allen was looking to run the ball. That feels like Josh Allen's like way out of something when it feels like he needs to create and he just thinks he needs to go out there and make a play because he doesn't trust what his receivers are giving him. He doesn't trust what the defenses are giving him. So I think it needs to be one of those games where you just go out there and you're methodical and you're moving the ball. And honestly, we haven't seen that a lot since the beginning of the season. We saw it against the Rams. We saw it against the Titans. Then after that, Miami was a wash. I don't even think that that game really counts when we're talking about anything, not because they lost, but just because all the players that were going down and all the players that were injured and all that stuff, they did it in the second half against the Ravens. Oh, I guess they kind of did it against the Steelers too. They dominated that game as well. So yeah, maybe it hasn't been that long, but let's see this team go back out there and just start throwing haymakers because they're capable of it. Well, we have a, by the way, did you get, did you get your extra hour of sleep? Was that okay? How, how did everything go for you this weekend? You know what, Sal? You ever played Call of Duty? No, I've never played Call of Duty. I'm terrible at it, but I got <laughs> home, play. but I still play because it's nice bonding with your friends. So I got home there on Saturday. Go. I was, uh, because I didn't go to the game, I had to work Saturday and Sunday night at Channel 7. So you work until basically midnight. So I got home but all my friends were still playing Xbox. So I was like, Oh, I'll go on. And then before you know it, it's two in the morning and you're like, okay, well that's fine. We get an extra hour of sleep. Well, then I woke up and I didn't fall back asleep. So I am feeling it. I've been drinking plenty of coffee right now, (laughs) right now. Although I can't complain because you've already been in New York city and then flown back and did that whole spiel today. I did. Yeah. In fact, though, the extra hour of sleep actually was really nice because we went into the city, myself, Bill Whippert, who's the um, team photographer for the Bills and Sabres, a few extra people, other people we work with on the sidelines, some um, photog, photog people and helpers. Uh, we went into the city and uh, we had a nice Italian dinner, Italian restaurant, uh, and then got back and it's like, oh, it's 11 o'clock. Oh, no, it's not. It's only 10 o'clock, which is really nice. You know what I mean? And then, but I got to bed and I still woke up at 630, which would normally be 730, but it was nice. I woke up at 630. I'm like, oh, that's really early. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel good. So, you know, it was nice tonight. It was a nice weekend. Unfortunately, it didn't end well uh, for the Buffalo Bills. All right, Matt. So um, 
what do you got coming on this week? You're going to be, uh, you're still going to be in. Are you, are you coming out there? You're going to be at the stadium and going, you're going to be covering the home game on Sunday. Yeah. So my plan is to do everything kind of back to normal this week. Now that the cast is off the foot, I kind of have, I have a walking boot. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling a lot better. So I've got a walking boot now. So my mobility is back, which is really, really nice. This is going to be a weird week because in my position, you kind of balance the, the bills and also the sabers. So I'll be at bills practice every single day this week, except Friday. Cause I think on Thursday, I'm going to double dip. I think I'm going to go to bills, but then Thursday night is the Vegas golden Knights back in Buffalo that time. And uh, the last time that we went to that game, we had the viral clip of Jack Eichel with the, huh? Oh, there you go. Really? Should be fun. So I don't think that I really should miss that one. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be around the facility all week. I think th- there's a lot of storylines this week because you have Stefan Diggs first game against the Minnesota Vikings since they traded him. And I know it's been a long time, but I'm sure he's going to be extra juiced up this week. You've got James cook going against Delvin cook, his brother yes. this week. So that'll be a fun little storyline. I would imagine Tredavious white, is probably, I don't know if he's going to definitely play, but I would think his chances of playing next week are a lot better than they were of playing today. And also, excuse me, I think that next week we'll probably see a full workload of Naheem Hines. This week was just kind of the punts and I think a couple plays. So I think there's a lot of storylines this week that go into it and the Vikings are seven and one. Should be a fun week. Keep it locked here for another podcast, wherever you down, wherever you pod, download it, subscribe to it, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever that is. It's always game day in Buffalo. And of course, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt underscore Bove. He's on channel seven WKBW TV in Buffalo. I'm on WGR sports radio, five fifty at sell sports on Twitter as well. All right. We're going to bow out on this one. We'll be back for a uh, preview of the Minnesota Vikings later in the week. Thanks for listening.